This is episode 328, Prioritizing Yourself Over Your Relationship with Apriza. Welcome to Over It and On With It. I'm your host, Christine Hassler, and for over a decade, I've been a life coach, speaker, and author. Each week, you'll hear me work directly with a caller as I coach them through a goal they want to accomplish or an obstacle they may be facing. I'll provide a blend of practical and spiritual advice as well as tangible actions you can apply to your own life. Now, let's get on with the episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the show. I hope that you are enjoying this magical time of year. I always love the holiday season. It's always a time where things seem to slow down and everything just is pretty. <laughs> I love all the lights. I kind of want to leave my Christmas tree up forever. I just, I just love it. And it's also a pretty intense time energetically. There's a lot going on astrologically that I won't get into and I think a lot of you may be feeling, oh no, maybe some more emotions, a little heavier, like just kind of a heaviness about you. Or maybe you're feeling great, which is which is awesome. Don't think anything's wrong with you if you're feeling great. We don't need to look for a reason to feel not great. But I've just heard from a lot of you that you just kind of feel off. And there's just so many changes going on on the planet right now. And there's so many things happening, I think, spiritually and energetically not to sound too out there, but there's a lot of energetic upgrades going on. So it's really important to rest. I posted a funny meme the other day. It was this woman lounging in a chair and this, this man that's courting her and she's just lounging on the chair, uninterested in him. And he said, I thought you said you were interesting. And she says, no, I said, I'm into resting. <laughs> I just laugh because that's so me right now, especially as I move into my third trimester of pregnancy. And rest is something I didn't learn how to do until, I don't know, probably about three, four years ago when my body made me rest. And now I proactively rest so that I don't have to get a signal from my body to rest. And I would encourage all of you to use this time, be when things are slowing down or when you're feeling a little like more intensity in your life to find some time to rest. And there's a difference between just getting sleep and resting throughout the day. And it doesn't have to be lounging around and watching Netflix, you know, who has time for that? If you do, that's amazing. But it's just taking some conscious breaks and slowing down and moving a little slower. Do you really need to walk to your car as fast as you did? Do you need to eat as fast as you do? Just slow down a little bit and allow this year to just gradually unwind. This year went by in a blink of an eye, didn't it? It went by so fast and we're already moving on to the next year and be on the lookout for my year in review episodes. I always post an episode to help you release the last year, 2021, and call in the new year, 2022. So be on the lookout for those in Coach's Corner. Have another beautiful episode for you today. We cover a lot of ground in this call. So even if you're not in a relationship and you're like, oh, I don't know if the title of the episode resonates with me, I hear from so many of you that you look at the title, you read the description, you're like, I don't know if I'm going to get much from this episode. And then you listen and you're like, oh, wow, uh, that was really, really valuable. So always encourage you, even if the title doesn't resonate, give the show a listen. I pretty much can guarantee that you're going to get some little tidbit out of it because all the beautiful, courageous, vulnerable guests, they bring forward just a lot of things that sometimes we don't think about. And there's some great tidbits 
in today's episode about inner child stuff, which comes up so much on the show, how we can parentify our spouses or boyfriends or girlfriends or partners, and how we can spousify our children. And we also talk about depression. And we talk about how a lot of times introverts and highly sensitive people have even more proclivity to depression because feeling big emotions can feel really scary for us. And so it's easier to suppress them, but that oftentimes leads to depression because introverts and highly sensitive people, and those two things don't necessarily go together. Like if you're an introvert, that doesn't mean you're highly sensitive. And if you're extrovert, it means you aren't highly sensitive. No, no, no. I'm, I'm just saying that people that are more introverted, more highly empathic, more highly sensitive, any of those three things tend to have a more difficult time really expressing big emotions. So we, we talk about that as well. So keep all those things in mind when you listen to my episode with Aprisa. Aprisa, welcome to the show. How can I help? Yeah, thank you, Christine. Yeah, I'm a single mom and I have some abandonment and rejection wounds from my past. And now when I came to you, I I said I want to be a great mother. I find it difficult to be a great mother to my son, especially when I'm not feeling loved. Mm. So I'm currently in a relationship with someone. We, me and my son, we just moved to different continents uh, in the past seven months. Mm. So, yeah. It's a big move, moving to a different continent. Yeah. Yeah. So it's very pressuring time. I had some depression moments and things are getting better now. But now that I feel like I have time to reflect on and things like that. And then I start to feel like my inner child is brewing again, like calling me Aprisa. Uh, let's work on this and that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, it manifests in different things, like me feeling easily triggered in my relationship. And when the relationship is going very well, then I feel good about it. I feel loving. But when things happen in the relationship, I start to feel disconnected from my son, from my own feelings. I feel like my needs are not being met, so I cannot meet my son's Mm. need. And Mm -hmm. he's very stiff and he's trying to understand that I have all these uh, mental health issues and Wait, he your boyfriend or he your son? My son. How old is he? Seven. And he's trying to understand that you have mental health issues. What do you mean by that? So he knows that mom sometimes have this depression and when she's not feeling happy. So I told him, like, I'm sorry I snapped at you. That's not you. That's me. I I feel difficult to connect and you know, I, I told him things like that because it's just me. And I'm, I promised like it's, I'm getting better. I'm getting help in. Yeah. So I have an appointment for four months work with an inner child coach and healing next, um, from January. So that's an attempt that I'm going to. Okay. Have you been diagnosed with clinical depression? Yeah, I was last year, 2020. By who? By a psychiatrist. 
with suicidal ideation. But in the past months, I have been doing really great. So even though sometimes I feel down, mm-hmm. I don't feel like being in depression state anymore. I'm not in medication anymore. So mm-hmm. yeah, so I feel like it's more a turbulent feeling now. And sometimes when I feel rejection from my boyfriend's side, although he doesn't mean to reject or abandon me. I know it, but it's so difficult for my inner Mm -hmm. uh, part to accept that that's not a rejection. And yeah. Yeah. So in order of priority right now, there's you and your inner child, your son and boyfriend. Mm -hmm. Boyfriend's last. Sorry, boyfriend, but he's last. (laughs) He's going to And you're putting him first. You're letting that relationship have way too much influence on your life. Mm-hmm. Like when you guys are okay and you're getting your needs met, mm-hmm. basically you're parentifying your boyfriend. Yeah, when, I, when you're okay and getting your needs met by him, then your inner child feels okay and then mm-hmm. you can be a better mom. And that's like using alcohol to feel better. You know, it's just another way that we – cope. And again, you're not doing anything wrong. It's, it's, I imagine it's really, really hard being a single mom. And, you know, we haven't even gotten into what happened to you as a child and dealing with depression. And again, depression is one of those things where it's sticky to diagnose because it's not like they can take blood and go, Oh, okay. Like you, your thyroid's low or your estrogen's low, or, you know, they can with depression, clinicians oftentimes just diagnose based on what you're sharing. And is it really chemical depression or is it you just don't have tools to deal with a lot of your wounding from childhood? And I don't necessarily have the answer to that. And a lot of our wounding at times can cause chemical depression. Is the answer living with the diagnosis of depression and going on medication the rest of our life? It could be, but it also could be doing the work that, you know, to heal the wounding that created the depression because the depression is a suppression of emotions. So I love that you're working with an inner child coach. I hope it's somebody that has done a lot of training and has Mm -hmm. a lot of experience in somatics and trauma and really can take you into the feeling because Mm -hmm. what often happens with people who report being depressed is they just don't know what to do with big feelings and they end up being more distant or more irritable or just kind of sad when what they really need to get at is their anger, their rage, their grief, their shame, their really, really big feelings. So you want to make sure you're with someone that can hold the space for you to get at some of those big feelings. Does that make sense what I said so far? Yeah. 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 I want to talk about your son a little bit because from what you've shared with me, and I just want to validate that you're a great mom. You're not doing anything wrong. I'm just here to, to support you. And when I'm not in the situation, right, it's a little easier for me to have perspective on a situation. Explaining to your son that you have mental health issues and that you're depressed, that's a lot for a seven-year-old to to comprehend. You're asking a lot of him to comprehend. Mm -hmm. I love that you're taking responsibility, but I want you to take responsibility without burdening him with big information, So what it might sound like instead is mommy's just feeling a little sad right now. You didn't do anything wrong. It's not because of you. It's not your fault. It's not your job to fix it. 
mommy needs to fix it herself or have other adults help her, but it's okay. I'm not sick. I'm not leaving you. It's not your job to take care of me. I'm here. Do you want a hug? Okay. Because it's easy. It's easier for a seven-year-old to understand sad than mommy has a mental health issue or mommy's depressed. And in no way, shape or form am I shaming mental health. It's a huge, huge, even more so in the past two years, it's a huge issue and thing that we need to bring awareness to in our world, but it's a lot for a seven-year-old to try to comprehend. Does that make sense? Yeah. I actually told them that I'm sick, not necessarily like mental health or depression. I just told him that I'm sick. Yeah. And yeah, I said, I have big feelings and I have like, sometimes it's difficult for me to uh, organize my feeling. <laughs> my and that's, that's good, but it's still a little too much. Even telling him you're sick, isn't going to make sense to him because he thinks sickness is you're sneezing, your coffee and you have a cold, you know, like he's not gonna, he's going to be like, well, she doesn't look sick. So what, what does this mean? And so explaining to him, I'm a little sad because it's important to teach children emotions. Like I'm feeling a little sad and keeping it really simple for him. Not, not so much about you. Because what you just shared, you were talking more about you and how you're dealing with it. It's more mm-hmm. about it's not your fault. It's not your job to fix. Mommy won't yeah. be sad forever. And you just, you you help. So he starts to learn that it's okay to be sad sometimes. You can say it's okay to be sad sometimes. I won't be sad forever. It's okay. And you don't need to worry. And really take the burden off him because you're trying to explain it to him too much in ways that I don't think he can comprehend. Is this making sense? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And again, you're not doing anything wrong. It's just, he's seven. Yeah. And Um, I know he might be very mature and I know as a single mom, you know, sometimes we spousify our children, even if they're super young mm -hmm. and we get into, it's a kind of a subconscious pattern of, okay, he's my child, but he's also the person I spend the most time with and all that kind of stuff. So it can be confusing for him. So he might, you know, call me 20 years later on the show and say, <laughs> and say, my mom's amazing, but I'm having trouble with women. Cause I always, always attract women that I feel like I have to take care of. Oh no. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> right. Hopefully I'm still doing the show in 20 years. Um, but he, you know, you can see that possibly developing if he thinks he needs to take care of mommy. Yeah, sure. I've been thinking about that. And really, that's something that I want to uh, mitigate mm-hmm. <laughs> by uh, teaching him to label emotions. So maybe I went that far because we have been talking since he was four. Like, this is disappointed. This is, you know, like, it's not just sad and happy or angry, but it's like disappointed like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's beautiful. I love that you're teaching your son emotions. I'm not saying don't do that. I'm just saying don't share so much about what's personally going on with you and make sure to say it in ways that don't scare him. Because if you say you're sick, but you're not, you don't look like you're sick, he's going to be confused. But if you Mm -hmm. say you're sad and you just, mommy has some adult things on her mind, it's not for you to worry about, like, it's okay to be sad sometimes we can be sad and then we, we can work our way through our feelings and then we can, you know, be happy and have all other feelings. Like humans have so many feelings, but what's important to know is that you're not responsible for my feelings. Yes. And you're yeah. allowed to have whatever big feelings you need to have. So, yeah. so, and let him be, you know, the thing that, 
um, you know, brings you joy and like connects you to that inner child. I think you're looking a little too much to boyfriend and not enough to self to mm-hmm. really find that place of, you know, okayness inside yourself. So it's, and I acknowledge you for, you're getting an inner child coach. You're talking to me, you're aware you're doing the work, but in the short time I have with you today, I just wanted to talk about the sun thing. And again, your boyfriend could be an amazing guy. This isn't about, you know, throwing him under the bus. He's not doing anything wrong. It's not about that at all. It's about when we're really in this cycle of healing some core wounds and we notice that someone else is making us feel better and our mood is dramatically influenced by how things are going in that relationship. That right there is codependence. Yeah. Yeah. I realized that so much. (laughs) Yeah. 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 So what do you want? How would you like things to be different? I want to not easily get triggered. I want to feel more peace. What triggers you? Mm, Small things lately, but usually like, for example, not feeling seen as mature enough or understand, like being excluded uh, because we are not merging our family yet. Uh, He has his own family, like his kids and I have my own kid and we are living in the same house but different floors uh, to help with the merging process yeah like I don't feel included sometimes in decision making process and that triggers me things like that and when you say you get triggered you get angry do you get sad what happens I stun um, and then I run away (laughs) you stun is that what you said yeah, I'm stunned. Like, I don't know what to say. You freeze? Because, yeah, I freeze. Mm-hmm. I got such big emotion that I didn't know where it came from. Yeah. And yeah, I don't know even what, what to say and like how to explain to him or how to help mm-hmm. him understand the situation. Yeah. So I just ran away because I don't want to yeah. conflict. So in that moment, what's happening is you're time traveling. So what I mean by that is whatever happened in that moment where you freeze and you want to run, you're not, I don't know how old you are. Let's say you're 35. You're not 35 anymore. You're eight, you're four. That's what I mean by time traveling. It's like something happens and all of a sudden the subconscious mind remembers feeling like that before and you turn into a child. And I'm not saying you're immature or anything like that. It's just your child gets triggered. And that's why you don't feel like you have mature coping skills, right? You don't feel like you know what to do in that situation. And this ties back to so much of what I've seen in my own personal journey, being medicated for depression for almost 20 years, um, was it was suppression of big, big, big emotions. And it's even harder for people that are more introverts, more quiet, more highly sensitive, more empathic like myself to acknowledge, oh, wow, I have some big anger. I have some big rage. I have some big, big feelings like Little me who, you know, is quiet most of the time has big feelings. And I can tell from talking to you, you have a softer disposition. Um, You probably have stayed safe in the world by being quiet sometimes. And so these big feelings that you've had to suppress for so long, they get activated in those situations. And even if it's a little thing, so we, we know we're triggered when our level of reaction doesn't match the circumstance. So mm-hmm. you not being included in something you know, I can see how that would be hurtful, but if he's protecting his kids and, you know, his kids have to come first too and whatever, there could be myriad reasons why 
you know, it's not that big of a deal, but to your subconscious, to that trigger inside, to that part that time travels, it's a huge deal because it reminds you of something that was really traumatic for you. That was really, really hard for you. So in that moment, you collapse into the, the subconscious programming and patterning and time travel. And so once you really work with these big feelings and they aren't so suppressed anymore, one, you won't be as triggered in the moment because the things that was reminding you of will be cleaned up. And, and two, you will have more tools so you won't have to suppress and won't feel the depression as much. So what's coming up as I share all that? <laughs> uh, I always felt like that I'm the last because I had to tolerate my sister, my mm. little sister. And uh, my mom was also quite volatile, mm-hmm. very like calm. Mm. She had her own issues. And then it feels like that here, mm-hmm. like my boyfriend has his kids and mm-hmm. I know that it's, he doesn't mean to make me last, but I feel like lately, like things are happening, like it's the work and then it's the kids and then mm-hmm. it's the dog and then it's the mm-hmm. ex-wife sometimes. So I feel like I'm the last again. And it's so difficult for me to say it in a way. We listened to your episode with a couple mm-hmm. where we're talking about the inner child mm-hmm. and we used that several times and it worked uh, for him to understand me and me to understand him but it doesn't always work and it frustrates me in a way that didn't we talk about this didn't we learn about this so yeah and I, I I hear all that emotion and again you're looking for him to heal mommy wounds and you're looking for him to finally give you what you didn't get at home and that's a big responsibility to put on him. Oh. Yeah. And this is where your relationship with your son is concerning to me because your son is going to feel you fighting more for attention from this man than him. I know. Yeah. He feels that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's going to be hard to live with. It's not too late to repair it now. That's going to be hard to live with if you don't. So please don't mistake my being direct with you with a lack of compassion because I have so much compassion for that little girl who felt unseen and who felt like her needs weren't being met. Um, I just feel maybe it's because I'm becoming a mom. I just feel a strong pull to kind of call your mom a bear forward and help <laughs> you reset some of your priorities right now. Yeah. Because the amount of time you're spending getting upset and triggered in this relationship is kind of distracting you. And I know you're doing the work and you've got a coach and that's great. But what really needs to be the priority right now is you and that little girl. You know, like you and you and healing that mother wound and healing that that wound of not feeling seen, feeling rejected, feeling like you always came second. Because you, you're you're going to keep playing that out in your relationship until you heal it inside. And it doesn't matter, you know, again, I love that he listened to the podcast with you. <laughs> I love that you guys have tried stuff. But in a relationship, if both people aren't really doing their individual work, the patterns are going to keep repeating themselves. And as your soulmate in this relationship container right now, he's doing his job by triggering this in you mm-hmm. because you want to heal this. You do. 
(laughs) So when you find yourself wanting it to be different with him, I want you to come back to you. And what can I give my little girl? What can I do to make her feel special? What can I do to make her feel like a priority? And then after she really feels like she has your attention and love, then you go to, what does my son need from me right now? What can I do to make sure I'm breaking this? I break this generational pattern with him. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I want. And uh, how can I, uh, I know that this is a process and how can I work with him while I'm also working on the child in me? Well, it's, this may sound counterintuitive to a lot of parents, but it'll make sense. When we prioritize our relationship with our inner child, we become better parents. So often a parent puts the emphasis on the child first, their their biological child or adopted child, whatever, their outside child versus their inner child. And so what I'm asking you is first pay attention to your little girl because when you learn how to parent her better and mother her better in the way that she really needs, it's naturally going to trickle over to your son. Okay. Like when you, when you know, like, okay, let's say that you guys were supposed to, you know, have a pizza all together Saturday night. And he says, you know, I just need to be with my kids, my son, or who, I don't know if he has son, daughter, whatever, had, had a bad day at school. I just need to be with them right now. And you feel that little girl triggered. Now, if you didn't have this trigger, your adult self could go, you know, parent to parent, totally get that. I'll talk to you tomorrow. And then just have a night with your son. But because rejection and feeling not special is an issue for you, you hear it as you're not worthy. I don't love you. Other people are more important to me than you. That's the way it goes in through your filter. Because if you're wounding, you follow so far, right? Yeah. Sounds like that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So when you feel that trigger, you go, okay, what is this reminding me of? That's the first question. Oh, okay. It's reminding me of being a little girl and feeling like sister always came first. Okay. Where do I feel that in my body? Ooh, I feel tightness in my chest. I feel tightness in my belly. I feel like I want to cry. Okay. Let me let myself cry. And you cry and you're compassionate with yourself when you cry and you pay attention to the chest, you pay attention to the belly, see if it starts to soften. And you go to that little girl inside and you say, okay, little one, I see you. I know you feel, because it's her that's getting triggered, not you. I know you feel, you know, really rejected right now. What do you want to say? What do you want to share with me? And you let that inner child speak and you can do that in writing or you can do that in your mind or you can do that out loud, however you want to do it. And then you basically say, what do you need? So in those moments when you feel rejected or you feel like he's choosing someone over you, what do you think that little girl inside needs? What does she really need to hear? What does she need you to do? Yeah. I feel so when you said that, I felt like that's the words that I want to hear. Mm, what do you want to hear? Um, yeah. What do you need? What do you feel? Yeah. So let's have her answer. What do you need? I need to cry. Yeah. I need to. Uh, I want to hide. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I want to hide. Yeah, I mostly want to hide when it happens because the mm-hmm. feeling scary and too big. Yeah. 
And if, if big Aprisa could come to where you're hiding and make you feel better, what could she say to you? So you didn't feel like you had to hide, or at least you didn't feel like you were alone. She came to you in your hiding place. What would you want to hear from her? You're not alone. Mm -hmm. Um, You have me. Mm -hmm. And uh, you are important too. Um, You are beautiful and wanted. And Mm -hmm. yeah, you are enough. Yeah. And how do you feel now? Oh, uh, yeah, it feels feels good. Mm-hmm. It's lighter. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> I had some cathartic moments uh, lately, but I don't know like how much I need because it seems like I have been burying a lot of emotions inside me that I haven't released. Exactly, <laughs> and that's why you feel depressed. So you are well on your way. And when you think about your son right now from this place, how do you feel? He's feeling alone Mm -hmm. and uh, feeling like unsafe, having no place to run or to go whenever I'm not being the mom. Um, Yeah, he needs me. He needs you. So can you have your time with your coach and have your time after you go to bed? And, and even when you're feeling sad, you can say, I'm sad, but come sit by me on the couch. Again, it's not your job to fix me, but just because I'm sad doesn't mean I don't love you and I'm still here for you. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So he doesn't have to feel so alone. So how you make yourself not feel alone is the same way you make him feel not alone. The more you learn to love and parent yourself in this gentle, compassionate, present way, the better Mm. mom you'll be to him. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Every time you notice yourself wanting to invest mental energy into the relationship and figuring that out, and maybe Mm. when you listen to this podcast, like you're trying to fix the relationship too much, just let it be. Focus on you. Focus on your relationship with your son. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I realized that when I'm working on my inner child, then many of my big situation will sort themselves out. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So I really appreciate Apriza's coachability. I, as you heard, my, my mama bear came out a bit in that episode And I really wanted to bring her awareness back to her and back to her son. And so I appreciate that she was able to really hear that and not get defensive or not go into self-blame because she's not doing anything wrong. She has a wounded little girl who's looking for love, you know, who so wants to be loved. And we look for that so often in relationships. You know, she's got these abandonment and rejection issues. And when we identify with those issues, we have a lot of anxiety in relationship because we're always afraid we're going to get rejected and abandoned. And you heard anytime her boyfriend picks something over her, she time travels. She's no longer a grown woman anymore. She gets triggered and she really spins out. And this is not only affecting her, but it's affecting her son. 
She even said when the relationship is going well, she feels good. When her needs are being met, she can meet the needs of her son. This is dangerous because it puts a lot of pressure on the relationship, right? And the little boy is going to see, oh, mommy's happy. She meets my needs. Mommy's not happy. She can't meet my needs. And that inconsistency in parenting is one of the key things that creates an anxious attachment style. So the anxious attachment style that Apriza is demonstrating is what she's kind of passing on to her son. And she can change. She can really start creating more of a secure attachment with him. But that begins with one, not spousifying him. So you could kind of hear how the boyfriend, she's wanting to make the parent, right? Meet my needs, love me, accept me, take care of me. And the son, she is sort of making the spouse support me, understand me. <laughs> and that that happens a lot, especially with single parents. The rightful place, you know, parent to child can sometimes get a little murky. And I love that she is teaching her son about emotions and that she's open with him and she's sharing with him. My coaching to her was just to bring it more to a seventh grade level. And you heard some of the ways I did that. So it's important that we don't hide our emotions from our children. Like it's okay for them to see us sad or angry or whatever, but we really want to make sure that they know it's not their responsibility. Like it's okay for mommy to be sad. Mommy will work her way through it. You know, sadness doesn't last forever in people. It's important that we feel it because when we hold down our emotions, sometimes they can get really stuck. So mommy's doing her best to let her emotions up and out. But no, you're not making me sad. It's not your job to fix my sadness. I won't be sad forever. Come here. Let me give you a hug. What do you need? And she was kind of over explaining and going way too much into what she was doing versus really attuning to his needs. And in this situation, like he's the son. So he really needs to know she's still there for him. And so the other big part of my coaching was let's forget about the boyfriend for a second. He's not the priority. Sorry, boyfriend. Right now, little Aprisa, like she's got to learn how to parent herself so that when her, she can meet her own needs because she can't go on and really create a healthy dynamic within herself or with her son if her mood and her ability to meet her own needs and her son's needs is dependent on whether she's getting needs met from an outside source. So key, key, key is for her to do that inner child work, for her to really talk to little Aprisa, for her to connect in and learn how to meet her own needs. And then son comes next definitely a priority as well. And the more she learns to mother herself, the more she will mother him. I want to briefly just talk about depression. So you, I'm sure if you've listened to the show, you know, depression was something I was diagnosed with at 11, was on medication till 30-ish. And I have a lot of experience with it, both personally and with working with people for as many years as I have. And I'm never one to say medication is wrong or right. I'm never one to say, oh, there's no such diagnosis as clinical depression, but I am one to say, let's be curious about it. And oftentimes when someone is diagnosed with depression, it's like, what else could possibly be going on? And sometimes that diagnosis of depression can be very limiting because is it truly, truly depression or is it just repressed feelings? Are they one and the same? And you can go back and listen to the Coach's Corner I did with Dr. Carolyn Leaf, the author of Cleaning Up Your Mental Mess. And she talks a lot about how oftentimes the diagnosis of something like depression keeps us stuck in a belief system that 
perpetuates the depression. So I have a feeling as she works with some of her big feelings and you saw like some of the big feelings started to come up when we connected to her and her child and she gets some of the rage and she gets some of the grief because there's anger and then there's rage, there's sadness and then there's grief and, and then shame and all kind of big emotions. And those can be harder for more sensitive people who grew up with very anxious attachment and have a little bit of a wiry nervous system to get at because they can feel big and scary. But it's so important to get at them because often they sit with such heaviness in the system that that's what creates depression. So I have a feeling that Apriza, she's very committed. If she can resist the addiction to codependence, meaning if she can resist wanting boyfriend to come in and make her feel better and really prioritize her and her son, she will see tremendous shifts. If boyfriend continues to be more of the priority, her nervous system and her sense of safety is dependent on what things, how things are going with him, then I have a feeling the depression will continue because she'll keep looking for that band-aid rather than going to the root of the problem. If only someone could come along and just take all of our issues away. <laughs> I'd love to say, oh yes, a relationship can do it or having a child can do it or getting this job can do it or losing this amount of weight can do it. There's no external quick fix to really healing what's within. All change starts from within. All change is possible from within. And if we're looking for somebody else to make us feel a certain way, we're going to be looking a long time. The only place we can really look for that is in the mirror. So remember, remember, you have the power to transform and heal. No one else can do it for you. All right, everybody, that's the show for today. Send you so much love and many blessings. Until next time. Thank you for listening to Over at Non With It. I love hearing from you. So please post your comments or questions at christinehasler.com slash podcast. That's also the place you can sign up to receive coaching from me in an upcoming episode. And if you love this show, please share it and subscribe on iTunes. You can find all my social media handles and sign up to be part of my community at christinehasler.com. Until next week, here's to getting over it and on with it. Much love and many blessings.